Hi everyone, welcome into the Irish NFL show. Uh, getting closer to the season. Looking today at the AFC North preview for the season. Obviously, always an interesting division and one where there hasn't really been a dull moment in the offseason. Michael McQuay, Colin Cronin, Brian Leary, Mark Cockerell. Hi Mark, how are you? Michael, I'm delighted to be back. It's good to be with you, boys. Good to have you on as well, man. Good to have you back as well. Um, well I guess we'll get everyone's opinions, Colin and Brian's in a wee second, but let, let's just jump straight into it. What, what we're going to do, folks, today, if you're listening to this on podcast or watching on video format, we're going to talk about each of the four teams each, and then we're going to give our divisional picks at the end. You'll find, if you're watching on YouTube especially, we have got chapters if you don't want to hear Colin, for example, talk about the Bengals, but I know you want to hear Colin talk about the Bengals. Let's talk about the Bengals, lads. Uh, first off, uh, I tell you what, I'll t- I'll I'll intro it, and after Mark, I'll give my thoughts. Bengals, obviously, folks, um, were not victorious in the Super Bowl last year against against the LA Rams, the last game of the season that we were all at, and it seems like a lifetime ago. But they've brought in Alex Kappa at the offensive line, trying to improve that as Eli Apple. Resign guys, Hayden Hurst, Jesse Bates. They've lost EJ Azuma, tight end. One thing, Colin, that they've really tried to do over the last few weeks and months is to try and give Joe Burrow that next level of protection because their offensive line last year was, I don't want to say it was dog awful, but it wasn't great, was it? No, it wasn't. And, and ultimately, that's what cost them the Super Bowl. Look, they'll always forever be that sliding doors moment where Joe Burrow gets the time to get the pass away and Ramsey is on the ground, Jamar Chase catches it and the Bengals win um, in what probably would have been one of the more unlikely Super Bowl wins. But that did not happen. And uh, we all know Aaron Donald got to Joe Burrow and, and that was that was it. So, yeah, they have certainly looked to make some adjustments, which, you know, is the right way to go about it. Like, I suppose it's, it's the way the Chiefs, um, went to, about it after we saw what the Bucks had done to, to them. But for the Chiefs, it was one game. For the Bengals, it was the course of a, a season. Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times um, during the regular season, 19 more in four playoff games. You would have to say that taking that sort of punishment, your your franchise QB is not going to be around for, for a long time. Now, Burrow himself spoke in the offseason that, look, sacks are going to be part of his game. He's going to try to um, keep plays alive, especially on third downs. So he'll, he'll always probably take a few more sacks than um, maybe other QBs who throw the ball away, don't don't keep it alive, would prefer to, to live to, to fight another day, trust their punter, etc. cetera. Um, but given the trio that they have, their receiving talent um, with Chase, Higgins and Boyd, I can understand why Joe Burrow does what he does. I think he just needs to maybe... Yeah, refine it a little bit, but I don't think you want to, you know, see him become too conservative either. Brian, I know you're a big Bengals fan, so what's your thoughts on the team going into this season? Colin's touched on it there. They've got all the weapons. We didn't even touch on Joe Mixon. They have a, a strong running game as well, but then you look at Chase last year, 1,500 yards. Um, Tyler Boyd is 3,700 yards over the course of four seasons. Higgins last year were 1,100. They've got all the players there. So, you know, the production was there last season. But during the show in LA, we, we, we spoke about the flaws and two positions of need straight away for this season was the offensive line. And these have touched on it in terms of how proactive they were in free agency with the players they brought in, but not just any players, experienced players, 
who have won Super Bowls and players who play for the Patriots, the Bucks, and Leo Collins from the Cowboys, who's been a standout player for the, for the Cowboys throughout the years. And then cornerback, they brought in a cornerback in the second round because, again, we touched on Eli, Eli Apple. He hadn't had the best of careers. He's been around the league a lot, and we felt that could be a flaw come this Super Bowl. And ultimately, that's what it was. I mean, Cup did, it, did the damage on him in the end. So, yeah, they've got the opportunity to, to go back again, but it's been six seasons since a team who's lost the Super Bowl has rebounded with a better season on offense. That's my concern that a lot of teams will have taken time out to figure out what this Bengals offense is all about. The last time the Bengals were on a football field, outside of the outside of the preseason, of course, uh, Mark Cockerell was still part of this coverage. So, Mark, it's it's great to welcome you back. I said that, Mark, because the system that we're recording on has got this noise effect, so I had to do it. Uh, welcome in. We're really upgrading never in this year. You, like we've, we've got the whole thing going here. Um, it's just I I know we're going to give our thoughts at the end, Mark. Um, it would be difficult for the Bengals to do what they done last season again, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, Michael, I love the fact you have that effect. You can use it for every joke I make for the season. But yeah, my my retirement was slightly longer than Tom Brady's, but that's about all we can say. Um, certainly not as accomplished. There you go. That's perfect timing. Um, look, every bridesmaid has a moment. Uh, Leicester can win the Premier League. Tyrone can even win an All-Ireland, Michael, which I know is near and dear to your heart. But that does not mean, yeah, they've won a few, I'm teasing. But that does not mean the one great season in the NFL begets a dynasty or begets a new uh, start for a, a franchise. Let's, frankly, let's frankly face it, have been cursed in many respects. Uh, Burrow is a franchise quarterback. He is their hope for the future. Joe Mixon's a great running back. And yes, they have made steps to address that defective offensive line because let's face it, last year they were abysmal. A playoff record nine sacks in the Titans wildcard game they scraped by, for example. It wasn't even just the Super Bowl. It was so many times during the season. But can they make lightning strike twice is the key question. If, you know, we'll get to our predictions, I think it's going to be challenging. I think they have talent. There is no doubt of that. They also had a very effective defense last year that kept them in a lot of those games. Uh, But it's not going to be easy to replicate they had a, I won't say a fortunate run, but bear in mind that, you know, the Chiefs took out the bills for them. The Chiefs then imploded in an absolute, you know, implosion at Arrowhead. So those, you know, serendipitous circumstances to all align. The AFC North is going to be a lot tougher this year as well. We haven't got to the Ravens and God knows they can't be a snake, snake bit on injuries as they were last season. So have they made strides? Yes. Have they made the right steps during the offseason? Yes. Can they be as lucky as they were last season? I would say no. There's a spoiler alert for the end. Uh, the Bengals are, are, are really interesting. And I was actually thinking there, Mark, especially when you said that, you almost forget now. I know they went, what, 10-7 last year? 10-7 and reached the Super Bowl and were three or four minutes from actually winning the Super Bowl at one point, arguably, if you look at it in that sense. Um, they went to Arrowhead and beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs weren't even the first seed. I mean, if you want to argue like that. Uh, the problem for them last year is the, the offense last year, especially the offensive line, relied too much on special players in the sense of Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, whereas they've tried to really... Um, upgrade his defensive line this season whereas they bring in Alex Kappa I did not know lads I was saying this yesterday I did not know he played through a broken arm broken leg so you know they, they, they are trying to 
improve themselves but the the problem that they're going to have and we're, we're, we're going to talk about three other teams here now is that division maybe outside of the the browns for obvious reasons depending on certain situations has improved you know the steelers who we'll talk about in a second didn't have a quarterback last year you could argue so they may find it difficult to win 10 games if that division is very strong but it remains to be seen what can what can be done what sort of step can joe burrow take in his next year in the league remains to be seen but they'll be up there the afc and you know it's stacked so it's anyone's guess that going into a casino and playing roulette the afc to be honest with you lads anybody who says it isn't if you're a fan watching this and you're a chiefs fan or whoever you support it is there's so many teams that have improved in this league in the afc that it is a bit like roulette um but yeah so we're going to go Steelers next, yeah? So Steelers finish. Just, just yeah, very quickly, one of the other things I really liked that the, the Bengals did was they had, you know, um, I suppose the they addressed the the, the issues in, in, the, in the secondary. And the fact that Jesse Bates, it would seem at the time of recording this, will play on the tag. Um, to have him and to have, and we didn't mention it earlier, Evan McPherson, was absolutely outstanding for a rookie kicker. Now, the only thing is, outside of Justin Tucker, success for a kicker, no guarantee the following year, but he was he was absolutely brilliant. I'm really interested to see what he can do in his second year. He's a big Snoop Dogg fan as well, so um, almost forgot about that. Um, the next team is the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers went 9-7-1 last season with Ben Roethlisberger, a quarterback. And I remember I did not watch his last game live column. I watched it the next morning and fast-forwarded through every series. And I have to say I'm impressed with Mike Tomlin to the fact that he got that team to 9-7-1. And And now they've got Mitchell Trubisky, who sat behind Josh Allen in Buffalo. It's an upgrade, yeah? Yeah, is is it? Um, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger couldn't run the length of himself, like. He no, he he couldn't. But what Ben did was Ben had the the quickest release of any QB last year. Ben helped out their O line massively. Um, their O line was atrocious last year, and if they hadn't had Ben Roethlisberger, they, anybody else almost would have. You know, the fact that Big Ben was so big and he got rid of it so quick is the only thing that that saved them. And and Mike Tomlin's coaching. It's an interesting one because we've heard all through the summer um, that Mitch Trubisky has struggled in camp. So I'm really interested to see, you know, what that will mean. Okay, at, at one point, Mason Rudolph was talked about, but then the concern around Kenny Pickett was always that he took too long to, to hold the ball. Um, I remember Sam Monson talking about that in the lead up to the draft, and that was a concern. Suddenly, Kenny Bigot makes his preseason debut, and he actually gets rid of the ball really quickly. So I wonder, I, I would have thought that Kenny Bigot would be a long way from getting the, the starting job. I wonder how far away he, he might be. It, that was the, the biggest concern, I think, around Kenny Bigot. So I think that we, um, you know, we might see him sooner um, rather than, than later. And they, to me... Um, have the most intriguing uh, rookie wide receiver um, in in George Pickens. He is absolutely phenomenal. He just he is in, like he's he's amazingly entertaining and the talent that that he has. Um, there was all the quote unquote character concerns, which are the reason that he fell. Well, 
Mike Tomlin kept An- Antonio Brown um, relatively under control for nine seasons. Um, I uh, think if um, he can do a similar job with uh, with Pickens, Pickens could very easily become their WR1 um, this season. And I, I think he's a really outstanding talent. Juju is in Kansas City now, Brian. And last year as well, the Steelers had the worst rushing defense in the league. Um, are they going to go better than 9-7-1 this year? I don't believe so. Um, I do agree with Colin on the picking situation. I would also caveat that with the fact that for four years in college, he was injury-free, and then the last three years, he had serious injuries, which also was reflective in the reason why he went in the second round. Yeah, they've got wide receivers there. I mean, Deontay Johnson got paid in the offseason. Chase Claypool, they have the talent, but you, you touched on the defense there. They bottomed out last year. They ended up dead last in, you know, terms of rushing against the rush and they haven't really done a lot in terms of upgrading on the defense. I think there was the approaches that a lot of players were injured last year and it was just it was one of those seasons and they can rebound this year. But I have my concerns and it does really reflect on the quarterback situation. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, we, we spoke about him in March during their free agency period where we were covering the free agency leading up to the draft and we spoke about the fact that the ceiling for him was so high in terms of he was you know, deemed to be the best quarterback coming out in free agency, but yet he only took six snaps last year. So what happened in the course of, you know, six or seven months sitting behind Josh Allen and all of a sudden he's, he's a, a world beater again. Uh, Najee Harris last year, 1,200 yards. To me, if he plays well this season and he takes the pressure off whoever starts, inevitably probably will be Mr. Bitsy. But they need a, an effective running game. He was really effective in his first year. They need a second year from him to be really effective, which will take the pressure off whoever's playing quarterback at any stage of the season. Kenny Pickett is a young spring chicken market, but like yourself, uh, but like Arsenal, isn't it? They just bring in the young lads and hope something happens. Eventually, they do strike lucky, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you've got to move on from the old lineage of, you know, teams like Man United losing 4-0 to um, other teams. But anyway, um, the reality is Kenny Pickett is potentially the future in Pittsburgh. But Colm alluded to the biggest knock on him coming out of uh, college. He sounds like, his name sounds like he's a country music singer. And frankly, most of the time in college, it was like he was writing a country music song by the time he released The Bloody Ball. So there's this evolution that he needs to see and we need to see for him to get up to NFL speed. And certainly one preseason game is a good indication. But if the Steelers are relying upon Mitch Trubisky to start for this season or most of this season while Kenny Pickett develops, their season is doomed. He's proven in Chicago. He's proven in other stops. He is not at the quality of an NFL quarterback. And let's face it as well, I'm not as sold on those Steelers wide receivers. I mean, we talk about Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool, and they flashed. But look how much they let down Roethlisberger last year. And let's not demean Roethlisberger. He is a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. He is a Hall of Famer and everything. And yes, he didn't have his mobility in his later years. But at the same token, uh, he deserves a lot of credit and respect. But those wide receivers couldn't be relied upon. They couldn't be relied upon in so many games. And they relied on Najee Harris, even when his yards per carry were very poor, because that's all they had. And they had to do it because the line couldn't hold up. And the line still hasn't materially improved. So you can look at the Steelers, and you can look at the great players like TJ Watt on defense, and the defense you alluded to, Michael, didn't hold up in the rushing game, but was very strong in pass defense. Um but it still isn't the sum of all its parts. It's a transition year. Mike Tomlin will be doing the coaching job of his career if he can keep this team above 500 like he has for every other season he's coached the Steelers. But this could be his greatest challenge yet. 
obviously obviously a lot of Steelers fans um, on the island of Ireland so I'm sure they'll love that comment Mark uh, Mike Tomlin's done wonders with that team again to take 9-7-1 last season and frankly with Ben Roethlisberger and, and the way that they were last year it's some achievement lads I guess you could argue that last year in the AFC North the Ravens had a lot of injuries and there were different situations in the division so they may have got a few maybe a win or two that maybe they wouldn't have gotten different situations I mean TJ Watt last year lads had 23 sacks and 67 total pressures if you have the combination between him and it and if Miles Jack can get back to the top form that he can be in. Alma Collum said with George Pickens, uh, I watched the game against Seattle in week one of preseason and he's already like a meme machine. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I don't think Kenny Pickett will start a quarterback at any point during the season. I don't get the whispers coming out of Pittsburgh in the, like sort of a bit like Trey Lance in San Francisco, which we'll talk about in our NFC West preview, saying that Kenny Pickett might start next season. I mean, that remains to be seen. Uh, from what I've heard, I mean, I, I know people have said about Mitchell Trubisky struggling in camp or whatever, but he seems to have a lot more confidence. He sat behind, well, the, in my opinion, the best offense in football now in Buffalo. The best team in football, people can argue at the minute. Uh, so I think he needs to be given a chance. He needs to be given a season. And I wouldn't count the experience he had in Chicago because Chicago is a complete cesspool. So... That remains to be seen. Michael, I'm going to give you the over-under, Kenny Pickett, my personal over-under, week 10. And I say he starts week 10 uh, on the nose. I think Trubisky is a good season. Week 8, Kenny Pickett. Said it in June, during our live recording. I'm sticking with it. Colm, what do you think? For something completely different, because I already talked about Kenny Pickett, the Steelers are have currently set a record. They have been um, sack leaders in the NFL for five straight seasons. Uh, that is one thing they really pride themselves on. And if uh, they are to, um, you know, keep Mike Tomlin's uh, record of never having a losing season, that is going to play another fundamental part. Um, we'll get into it a little bit later, but um, I think, yeah, forget about going 500. If they get double-digit wins, erect the statue. The Roonies need to erect the statue right now. He's already a Hall of Fame coach, right? But um, if he can get double-digit wins with this roster, they need to change. Forget they, you know, they changed the name of the the stadium this summer. They need to change, build the statue and rename the stadium if he gets double-digit wins. Okay. Uh, the next team we're going to look at. I'm really, I can't wait to hear what our thoughts are going to be on who's going to win on who's going to win this division, lads. Uh, Cleveland Browns finished eight and nine last season. picked uh, picked up the Sean Watson in a, in a huge trade. Obviously, a lot of things have been done there that I'm not going to talk about. I'm not even going to give them the light of the day to talk about it personally. Um, at the time of recording, we don't know what the suspension may or may be, but it looks as if uh, Jacoby Brissett is going to start week one. So I'm going to take mine later on whenever I talk about the Browns on that. Column, it's it's an interesting season for the Browns because they've put a lot of capital, both financially and metaphorically, on their quarterback that they've picked up in a trade, and it's not going to happen for them now. Other guys like Amari Cooper, David Njoku, need to really step forward with Jacoby Brissett, but it's not all doom and gloom, because Brissett has experience in this league. Um, yeah, he, he has experience, and, and none of it's particularly good. Um, I, for, for the Browns, I, I think it, it 
this has been a disastrous offseason. It, it really has. The guy that you go and, and trade for, um, who you guarantee 230 million to, um, annoying, you know, a host of other teams in, in the league who therefore aren't going to give you any favors, um, or probably over the next decade because you've absolutely reset the, the QB market. And that guy is. At the time of recording, we don't know, but all the rumors are he's not going to see the field this year. Um, he he played, uh, what was he, one of five for seven yards when, when he did see him, and, and that was put down to, to rustiness. Well, what's it going to be like when he hasn't played for two full years? Um, look, for, for the Browns, all, all of the good feeling that was there, I, I've talked about it before. I remember a few years ago being in the woolshed when the Browns ha- um, were, had the opportunity to, to win it, um, when they were coming off the back of so many losing seasons, this is their opportunity to get a win. The entire pub willed the Browns to it. Of course, that field goal uh, hit, the, hit the post. They didn't do it. But all of that good feeling, I think, has been unfortunately wiped away um, with what has gone on um, this offseason. And even the moves they made, they bring in Amari Cooper. You can say Amari Cooper is a very good wide receiver, but all of a sudden Kareem Hunt um, wants out. Uh, JC Treader goes in the, the offseason. Next thing, Nick Harris is, is done for the season. So it just feels like... Um, there have been a, a litany of um, things that have gone wrong for, for them. Um, maybe um, Brian or, or, or Mark will, will talk about the, the defense, which might be the, the one um, bright spot that, that they have. But for me, yeah, it has probably been uh, six months to forget for the Browns. Defensively, they're sound. They're bringing back nearly the entire team that they've had last year. Defense coordinator Joe Wood has got pretty much the entire team, his players. Going under second year, they had a reasonably good first year in the league that you could argue will make a step up. Um, and will they be, be in games because they have a really strong defense? Probably, but the situation offensively now has gone awry because of their quarterback. They've essentially looked at it as if we have a really strong defense if we can only get the right quarterback. They felt they got the right quarterback. Uh, all things equal, we know that's not the case anymore. There is some bright spots, you know, there's great reports coming about Donovan Peoples-Jones in the camp, and albeit it's not real game action, he... We saw kind of like Mark alluded to with the Steelers, there's only flashes in terms of how good he can be. He's consistently Nick Chubb, if he comes back and has a good season, he's not he's not carrying injuries. But it's a bit of a mess. I mean, Kareem Hunt wants to leave, which I find very ironic, bearing in mind the difficult background he had in his time in Kansas City. And he gets to trade to, to Cleveland when no other team really wanted to take him on. Now he seems to want to move on. For the Browns, I think it's just get the head down and try your utmost to win as many games as possible can with the quarterback they have. Um but I think everybody, including Browns fans that you talked to, knew that if the situation wasn't corrected with Watson being allowed to play beyond the band, that realistically, how many games can they win with a quarterback that's serviceable at best? He's won a couple of games in his time at Miami and even with the Patriots. And you think potentially he could go on a run, but consistently throughout the course of the season, he's just not good enough to be the long-term quarterback for any team. Jacoby Brissett, career backup. You know, he was back up with the Colts. They gave him a, start, a shot at the starting job. He was back up with the Dolphins and obviously started a few games there. But is he good enough to start in the league? Of course, he believes he, he is and he should believe he is. He should have that self-confidence. Um, but past experience would suggest he isn't. So if he is the starting quarterback for the Chiefs, for the, Chief, for the Browns, for six games or 10 games or 12 games, wherever we end up, do we have confidence that he can bring them above 500? And the reality is no. 
Um, and that's the reality for the Browns season this year. I mean, we were just talking and, you know, I think it takes two miracles to beatify a saint. Uh, so Mike Tomlin might create one miracle this year. And obviously, every time we start talking about the Browns, you start talking about the other spectrum of heaven and hell. I can't cast them into the fiery pits of hell for bringing in a controversial quarterback because let's remember there were six to eight teams looking to bring in that quarterback it was a frenzy in free agency to bring in that quarterback and that was all with those teams having the knowledge of potential bans behaviors etc ongoing in the background uh does that however make me want to as a fan as a fan of the nfl as a fan of good moral conduct want the cleveland browns to succeed this year no do I think they'll succeed this year? No. Miles Garrett might win Defensive Player of the Year. Let's be honest about that. Uh, and that is a viable concept. But outside of that and outside of a talented defense, I don't see it happening on offense. JC Treller letting him go and the impact on that line is going to be more magnified. And they just don't have the weapons. The heartbreaking thing for the Cleveland fans is they've literally went and got a defense that can get after the quarterback in certain situations, even with limited amounts of defenders, and they've got that defense. They've got some unbelievable players like Denzel Ward, John Johnson, Greg Newsom. Um, but the thing is, there's, there's many different things to talk about here without talking about the elephant in the room. Jacoby Reset was in, quite frankly, a complete mm, show in Indianapolis when Andrew Luck went down. I'm not saying he's a good quarterback. I'm just saying, you know, if he hands the ball off to Nick Chubb, they play Carolina week one, they play the Jets week two. They play the Pittsburgh Steelers week three and the Falcons week four. And then they play, sorry, Mark, but they play the Patriots week six. And they've got a bye week, week nine. Who knows how they're going to come out? The defense is good enough. There are players. You've got a game changer in Amari Cooper. And if Brissett can find a way with David Njoku, just, you know, this league never, never sleeps. It never ceases to amaze. You never know what could happen. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. Their division's going to screw them, and we'll talk about that at, at the end of this preview. But uh, it's definitely not the year the Browns fans wanted, and I guess the Sean will be like us week one, sitting Michael, on the sofa watching Red Zone. Michael, can I make a, another point? Number so you, you've alluded to the games in which they play, and you know we've seen it in the past where he's a good quarterback in games in which the team he's playing for are comfortable. They're up by two scores. He can play the game to suit his his skill set. If you look at games where he's in a fourth quarter with six minutes to go and the game's really com- competitive, or it's a two-minute drive at the end, and the game speeds up both offensively and defensively, he can't handle it. And ultimately, if, the, if you look at that division, throughout the years, no matter who's playing quarterbacks, those divisional games can be so tight at times. Ultimately, you're going to rely on him to pull out wins out of the fire, whether it's in Pittsburgh, Baltimore, um, you know, and Cincinnati, obviously. So that's, that's difficult for, for me. I, I find it difficult to see how he can lead that team to two big wins yeah like those first few games that i mentioned are like cup finals to them they have to get something out of them and if they don't they're probably going to be sitting in kansas city next year making the first pick of the draft um one team that will hmm? just to say one nice thing because i'm sure there'll be browns fans who 
um, feel I'm being very harsh on them and running them down. Um, they drafted uh, Cade York in as a, as a kicker. He should be uh, phenomenal. Uh, we talked uh, about the, the Bengals and their rookie kicker. Uh, York went 15 of 19 on field goals over 50 yards in his college career. Um, that is outstanding kicking, and it was an area that the Browns needed stability in. He should certainly offer that. So I've said something nice about them. Um, I, I was just about to say, Colm, I mean, I'm not convinced, Michael, that David Ngoko, it can be consistent, and Amari Cooper is no longer a game changer. I'm sorry, he wasn't a game changer anymore in Dallas, and that's why he's now in Cleveland. And when Colm is stretching to talk about their rookie kicker, to find something nice to say, that just tells you how low the depths we are plunging in this regard. Look, I'll say this and I'll leave it at that. The quarterback situation and the ownership, not the ownership, the GM situation in Carolina, we don't know who can be playing a quarterback in New York for the Jets. I'm not going to talk about the Falcons. New England have taken a step back. Nothing surprises me. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Baltimore. Yeah, I feel like we could talk about this team for a long time, the, the Browns. 8-9 last season. I think I ruined their season by going to that game against Green Bay. Um, Coach Harborough column signs an extension. Massive news for that team. Um, and they've drafted some really, really good guys. They've got the guy from, um, is it Hamilton? Quite from Hamilton. Notre Dame. Yeah, the, the rookie safety. And look, they obviously were beset by injuries last year. And John Harbaugh came out and said he'd reorganized training camp following all those injuries. Hi, Vic Fangio. Maybe you should have tried that in your three years in Denver. Um, the, the fact, I suppose, Brian has talked about this a lot over the summer, rightly. Look, the Lamar Jackson contract. Um, as we sit here today, that hasn't been resolved. That is a story that's only going to grow as the season goes on. Um, and Lamar probably, you know, he might lose a little bit of leverage in terms of if he doesn't, if they don't get it done, there is the franchise tag that they can use twice if that's what they, they choose to do. So um, that is a story that's, I think, going to, to run and run. Um, to, to me, I suppose, J.K. Dobbins, we've had him, seen him have a, a run-in with Ian Rappaport over the summer months about when he might be back. Uh, we Gus Edwards will be back. Um, it, for me, I suppose, the, the, they've got a lot of players coming back. Uh, Ronnie Stanley, um, Tyler uh, Lindebaum uh, as their uh, rookie centre. Their O-line, which was so disappointing last year, um, was a real, real issue, should be. Uh, much, much stronger. Um, the guys coming back in, in the secondary. Um, I think there is lots to like about this Ravens team as we go into the 2022 season. I felt it was a surprising move to see uh, Greg Rome be remain as the offensive coordinator. I know they had a lot of injuries and Lamar was there for a numbers game, but the production levels did, did drop, uh, drop during that season. And, and we haven't even touched on the fact that uh, they've traded away Hollywood Brown to the Cards, you know, and I suppose they have rookies that came in last year and they didn't really set set the world alight. I suppose there'd be big expectations on them. Defensively, you, you touched on Kyle Hamilton's safety. You can also complement that with the signing of Marcus Williams, who's come over from the Saints, another strong safety. And they were crippled last year and, and Wink Martindale you know, ultimately lost his job because of it, which I thought was a bit harsh, bearing in mind the years of service. Uh, Mike McDonald's the new defensive coordinator. The pressure's on him, but you know, all things considered, the Ravens, 
for me, are, are the favourites for this division. You know, if they get things right to get all the players back. Those two running backs, which Collins alluded to, I mean, the 2020 season, over 3,000 yards combined between the two of them. You know, so you've got Lamar with the run pass option. You've got two strong running backs. If they are fit, that the dynamic of that offense completely changes, and then they're a real, a real strong side in terms of potentially going to the playoffs and potentially even forward in terms of making a real, real run in the playoffs. But so I suppose I guess if they've they've written off last season to come back stronger. You know, just with the players they had last year, they should be they should be pushing stronger for this division. Yeah, I mean, pick the medical show. ER, St. Elsewhere, Chicago Hope, good old casualty. Like I the Ravens were a hospital ward last year. There's no other way of saying it. They lost their entire backfield in the preseason. I mean, when you lose your third string running back before the season's even kicked off, you got problems. They lost how I, I lost count of how many people they lost in the secondary towards the end of the season. They were without their starting quarterback for several games. Um we rightly laud the job that Mike Tomlin did, but what about the job that John Harbaugh did in terms of keeping that Ravens team in contention and in the playoff hunt for Spirit? Of course, they had the late season swoon. Of course, they went on a losing streak just when they could have and probably should have still secured a playoff spot. But to even be in that position is a credit to him, the coaches, and the depth of the squad that they had. Much will still turn on Lamar Jackson. They need better performance out of their offensive line, which Colin rightly alludes to, was underwhelming after a couple of years of sheer and utter dominance. But in that regard, Tyler Lindenbaum, who, uh, sorry, who they draft in the first round at 25th, I think he's going to outshine most of the offensive linemen actually picked above him. He is a star in the making. Um, and that's the type of development and improvement that they need. Of course, there's right questions about their wide receiver core, but offensively, if their running game is running and their running game is going, they've still got Mark Andrews. <laughs> like at the end of the day, that's the core for the Baltimore Ravens. Run, 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 and pass when they least expect it. Um, and defensively, they made strides. I'm with Brian on this. Like the, the the opportunity, we always used to say it was the NFC South. Everybody went from worst to first. But talk about a great opportunity in this division. Baltimore, where they were starting, they were worst last year. They've got a good chance of bringing it back to be even first this year. We we spoke about, I suppose, the drop-off in the offense last year. Lamar Jackson was 23rd in quarterback rating last year. He had his most interceptions in the season ever at 13. And as Colin was alluded to, the offensive line had some serious injuries last year. Another player they brought in, Morgan Moses, who's been consistently a good player throughout the, throughout the course of his career. He was in Washington. They brought him over. So they seem to, like a lot of teams, you know, we touched on what the Bengals done within the division. A lot of teams have kind of gone back to the, the days of let's securing the quarterback force in terms of keeping the quarterback upright as opposed to going out and buying, sorry, signing wide receivers and tight ends and ultimately having all the players around. But if you can't get an offensive line to work consistently, we saw what the Chiefs did, Steelers did. We spoke with so many teams. It seems to be a common team in the league now. Get the offensive line right and the team will flourish. Going to what you said about Lamar there uh, in terms of it being his worst season. Having Wink out as the DC, I'm surprised Greg Roman said as the OC because... He needs to find a way to develop or enhance Lamar Jackson's game. Lamar Jackson's a top-class quarterback in the NFL. I feel in four or five years' time, he could be top-two quarterback the way he's going. But the thing is, it's like what motivates all of us to get out of bed in the morning. And that's cold, hard cash. And that's the reason why Lamar Jackson will be playing lights out this year. 
as of the time of recording, if you're listening or watching this, um, he has not signed his new deal yet. The expectation is that he will. Uh, he has publicly stated that he wants to have that by week one. I'm going with the expectation, and I'm sure Lamar will prove me wrong and the Ravens will know that that will not happen. Maybe it might take a few more weeks, um, but he, he'll get paid. And if he's not paid by week one, he'll be playing like he wants to get paid. Um, and that's one element. We've also been through this whole conversation and not talked about Mark Andrews. He's, for me, he's as good as George Kittle or Travis Kelsey. If you mar- if you mention the Mark, I'm sorry, mate. Apologies. Uh, I think he's unreal. He's an absolute beast. And I love the pick with Tyler Linderbaum. So, well, you put Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton together as well. Jesus, lads. Um, I mean, I don't really want to give away my first pick here or of this AFC North, but, you know. It's going to be hard for anyone to beat the, for anyone to stop the Ravens. Um, right, let's get our AFC North picks. Colm, who have you got? Um, I it, I think it, it it's intriguing in terms of the top two for me, and I think uh, ultimately though I'm going to say, and I I've no doubt that we're all going to differ on this, but I think the Bengals are going to do it again. I like what they have done. I like um, Joe Burrow. I think they've put the right sort of pieces in place. And so I think that they are going to be crowned champions. I think the Ravens are going to be infinitely better than they were last year. I think the fact that they had their second losing season under Harbaugh um, will motivate him and the the team, and they will have a point to prove. They're going to finish second. They, too, are going to, to go to the playoffs. I think that um, the the Steelers um, might not be erecting the, the statue but Mike Tomlin is going to remain above 500 because that's just what, what he does. And unfortunately for the Browns, they will be um, picking up the, the wooden spoon in this particular division. The wooden spoon. Brian, who got? Well, I'll, I'll agree. I'll go bottom and walk my way up. So I agree with Colin in terms of, unfortunately for the Browns, because of the current situation and the inevitability that the quarterback will be gone for the year, I think they'll finish last. I think Tomlin will do a sterling job, as he always does, but unfortunately... They don't have the players. I believe the Bengals will finish second. The Bengals remind me of the 1985 Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl 19. I was watching a few shows over the past few weeks. Everybody's saying, are the Bengals going to be the number one offense in the AFC? And then I talked back to Super Bowl 19. And it was the 49ers against the Dolphins. Two quarterbacks are true for over 300 yards. And that offseason, Coca-Cola did an advert. Do you recall who was in the advert? I, I don't. Joe Montana and Dan Marino. And the tagline was from Dan Marino, next time is my time. Well, that time never came about again. And I won't be coming about again for Joe Burrow anytime soon. I don't believe we'll see the Bengals in the Super Bowl until at least after I retire at 50. So I don't have them going back to the, to the playoffs this year. I think one team is coming out of this division and it's the Ravens. If you, it, just before you retire, so are we going to have this agreement now so that the Bengals do get to the Super Bowl before you retire? You're right. You're, you're off the show. Is that the agreement? or what? What's no, the plan? no, no. Can't have that, Mike. I'll have egg on my face and tip the Bengals and who day UK will be coming after me. And don't forget now, I made a couple of good friends, you know, during that time. man in the hotel? Um, lost his I, name, right? I still keep in contact with the two guys that yep. side at the game. So anyway... Bengals Your second. man in the hotel. That sounds very dodgy, Michael. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, sorry. Big shout out to Kenny. Kenny, oh, yeah, Kenny, I, I, Kenny. Yeah. No, I was, I was, I was uh, 
thinking back to the two guys in which me and Colin spent the afternoon with at the Super Bowl who we still keep in contact with but uh, looking forwardly for them and for the Bengals fans who will be chasing me now for my blood I did send a couple of programs to them to because I knew this was coming at some stage. Um, the Bengals will not be making the playoffs this year. They'll finish second. They'll have a good season. But uh, other teams in the AFC who have done a lot more this offseason will be making the playoffs as opposed to the Bengals. I have the Ravens um, as a real uh, strong team to make a real push towards the Super Bowl. So, I, Michael, I just want to say I have hope for the Bengals fans because Brian says that they won't make the Super Bowl until after he retires at 50. So that's only two more seasons they've got to wait. So that's that's good news for them. Um, you know, I, the bottom two, I'm entirely in agreement with the lads. Browns at the bottom, Steelers, you know, slightly above the bottom in that regard. The top two is the difficult piece. And last year, we were actually all in consensus on the Ravens, and then obviously their season got derailed, and the Bengals were the wonderful Cinderella story. And I can see Colm's argument 100% that the Bengals can keep that momentum going and Burrow and Chase and Boyd and the dynamism can still work. But I feel like I'm fading towards Brian's point of view in terms of the Ravens turning around from worst to first. I do credit John Horbaugh far and above Zach Taylor in terms of a credit as a head coach and the consistency he has displayed over many years in the league. So I'll pip ravens to edge the bengals but not exclude the bengals from sneaking in as a wild card like brian is yeah i mean that's probably a discussion for the last afc show i mean that the whole talk about wild card here and and over 500 uh look i'll, I'll round this up gents uh browns rock bottom um not sure if it's over under 3.5 wins steelers third um i think this is the year where they don't go over 500 i think this is the year where they struggle um and that could be for a number of reasons the Bengals are going to finish second um i'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs but they're in a they're in a conference where you know and we'll talk about the afc west you know all four teams could be strong there at the end and it could be difficult for them uh so we'll see what happens there i do think they'll take a step down this season I'm not going to go out and say, you know, I go. I checked my gov.uk account in the north last week and I don't retire, Brian, until 2059. So um, I'm not going to go out here and say that. We can log in and it tells us the exact date. So I've got it down. I think the 31st of um, July, 2059. So I'll, I'll, the day that happens, we'll have a big live special. Um, the Ravens, the, the Ravens are going to win the AFC North. And I personally think the Ravens will win it. Um, comfortably no comment I am, I am the lone uh, dissenting voice uh, that it, it will be very interesting come the the end of the the season to see i think there it it'll be a t- tight race but i'm gonna go obviously with um burrow's boys to do the business and, and I just want to make one caveat that these predictions are at self at the time of recording. By the time this actually shows, half the Ravens team could be injured. So that's a, a, it's a small caveat. I just want to slide in there. I, I did make the point that a lot of AFC teams have done some really smart business during the offseason across one division in particular, which we're going to get to later on, which will really whet the appetite for you boys who support one of the teams there. So just bear that in mind. I'm not suggesting that the, the Bengals are going to have a massive drop-off. I just think you're going to get to a stage come week 18 where there's going to be three or four teams vying for wildcard places with really strong seasons and wins. And these teams 
could essentially cut themselves off by beating each other. And that's why I see where the, where the Bengals will fall out. They will have a good season, but I'm not sure they'll have enough wins to get them in, over the line and into the hunt to be in Arizona in February. And this is what I love about the show because I can put everyone on mute and nobody else gets the point in after this. Uh, Titans, Dolphins, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Bengals could all be going for that last or last couple or last three wildcard spots. Uh, that's it for our AFC North preview show. I want to thank all of our sponsors, especially our official travel partner, Cassidy Travel, for the support on the Irish NFL show. Search Cassidy Travel, both on the website, on Google, search engine, Facebook, Instagram, for great deals. There's loads of NFL deals as well. Big thanks to the team over at Cassidy Travel. And folks, you can check our Twitter accounts over the next few weeks for some giveaways ahead of the new NFL season. And if you're listening on the podcast, if you can give us a review, it would be very, very much appreciated. Uh, any issues, you can email Mark um, Podcast at irishnflshow.com uh, looking forward to this lads that's the AFC North one done you can check our YouTube channel out for more previews ahead of the kickoff between the Rams and the Bills on September the 8th cheers <laughs> <laughs>